You're listening to the Amplify podcast, where we discuss topics related to being a student at the University of Michigan. Hello, friends. This episode is about student organizations and how to find ones that interest you. We will also be giving a special spotlight to Optimize, the student org that June and I both work for and that makes this podcast possible. To help us talk about creating intentional communities is Optimize co-founder Jeff Sorensen. Jeff continues to lead Optimize, is a community organizer, makes music, and is a full-time dog dad. Fun fact, our outro music and our intro music is both made by Jeff. So thanks for joining us, Jeff. I'm glad to be here. So as we all know, it can be hard to find a community when coming into a new space. Elias and I have talked about this in other episodes as well, especially when you're coming into a space as large as the University of Michigan. It's hard to even really know where to get started. I, when I first came to Michigan, I really didn't branch out very much. I would just go to class and then I would go to work and then I would come home. And so I didn't really feel very connected to my fellow students. I didn't really feel connected to campus at all. It just felt like a, you know, a location, but it wasn't really home or a community in any way. However, I was told about the organizations page of the Mays pages. And for those of you who don't know what the Mays pages are, it's a website at UMich that catalogs student orgs and campus events. You can search for orgs that include your interests with everything from community activism to coding to sports. Fortunately for us, Elias and I were able to find optimized an org on campus that really does so many different things. So Jeff, if you could tell us about your time as a UMich student, and what inspired you to create Optimize? Yeah, totally. I mean, so I was a student at Michigan from 2009 to 2012. I actually transferred in as a sophomore. I'd gone to Boston University for my first year. Um, I'm from Michigan originally, and I kind of had this idea that I just wanted to like go far away. But then really? after like a semester out there, I was kind of thinking, you know, having the University of Michigan right in your backyard is really an amazing thing to be able to have in-state tuition at such an incredible institution. So I transferred back and now they just haven't been able to get rid of me for like a decade. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, when I came in, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't really get involved in that many communities on campus other than just kind of my immediate friend group. Um, but even that for me was, you know, really, life-changing and expansive you know just people that i met at the university were the biggest impact on me i think just you know sort of expanding my worldview and learning about you know people with different perspectives um and as i was approaching graduation um you know in hindsight i had had a very good experience in many ways it had it was life-changing to be at the university for me um but there were some frustrating elements and you know this was 2012 um trying to get a job during that time was pretty difficult because it was like recent grads competing against uh people who had been out of the workforce in the recession um and so i was just like striking out on job interviews and really felt like when i was going into that process like i wasn't really very well prepared to seek out meaningful work that I could do well, you know, and, and, and actually make an impact in the world. Um, and sort of on reflection, part of the frustration was that, you know, I had been through 
I don't even know how many grades, 16 grades at that point, right? Like yeah. I, I'd been through so yeah. much education and, you know, at pretty much every step of the way, it was like, you're told what to do next. You know, it's always sort of like the teacher assigns a problem set and you do that problem set. And there's sort of like this, the syllabus is posted and you know exactly what kind of what you're working toward. Um, the professor assigns a prompt and you write for that prompt. And, you know, there's, Teachers are amazing and undervalued in this country. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have teachers guiding us, but it was a little frustrating that after 16 grades, um, you know, about to graduate from universities, um, pretty much all my friends and I had never had an experience where we weren't told what to do next. And the problem is when you get out of college, that's just what life is, is you have to figure things out for yourself and figure totally. out. <laughs> You know, what do I care about? How can I make a meaningful difference in the things I care about? Um, and there had never been a part of our education that just asked us, if you could work on something, what would you work on? Or if you could change something, what would you change? Um, and we kind of thought that's a major problem. You know, there, we, you don't need to remove all guidance from education, but there should be significant portions of the educational experience that just ask students to really reflect and figure out what they want to do, even if that means stumbling through that process a little bit, um, and have supported formalized spaces for that to happen. And so um, we created Optimize to sort of like prompt people to ask themselves, if you could change something, what would you change? And obviously now there's been thousands of responses to that question. Um, but then also really to take the next step, which is not just to say if you could change something or if someone could do something about that, but really to say, well, why not me? Why don't I try to do something about the things that I would like to see change? And that's what this whole community and set of programs has become is just hundreds, now thousands of people um, asking ourselves those questions and trying to learn how do I develop myself into a person who can identify what is meaningful to me and what opportunities are in front of me and how do I take action in a way that is actually responsible and effective with the things that I have in front of me. So, um, and as a result, it's created this incredible community um, because we're all trying to figure this out on our own and there is no syllabus exactly. And so what you have to do instead is just build a really supportive, engaging, honest, caring community to help each other you know, through this very difficult and ambiguous process, um, but ultimately, life fulfilling process. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if I could have explained it that way at the time, but that's kind of like how it's what it's become. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, so this is my first year as a Mellon Fellow and being on staff. And I remember going to uh, one of the first meetings and kind of hearing you talk about that idea of why not you. Um, and you're totally right, like throughout the academic process, like so much of it is like you're told what to do. Have you noticed that like when students kind of come in, um, whether they have a project in mind or they um, are just looking for a project to jump on board to, have you noticed that there's like a, almost um, a little bit of reprogramming that has to happen to try to get people to think about like, to think from a perspective of having more control over their situation than they uh, might think that they do? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think that a significant part of what we do you know, and what we're doing every day is just sort of like removing some of the 
self-limiting ideas um, that have just been instilled in us over decades of formal education, you know, right. of just all the, you know, these always being convinced that, well, I need one more, you know, certificate before I can be credible to do something or, you know, like I just need, it used to be like, I just need the high school degree. Now it's like, I just need the undergrad degree. Now it's, I need the master's degree. I, you know, it's just always this, like, you need something more. And then maybe what, when you're 50, you can actually start doing something. It's like, come on, we don't have that. I well, and, and honestly, like, you know, one of the things that, that I think, um, led us to do this work. And I think accelerates this sort of reprogramming that you're talking about mm -hmm. is just this sense of like, well, there's no alternative. We need to do stuff. So whether or not we're exactly ready, like, you know, we have like 10 years to figure out how to deal with the climate crisis, or we're going to yeah. have like absolutely catastrophic, like, un like unfathomable damage to human civilization and the planet. Um, so yeah. it's like, well, if we if we're not ready, well, too bad because we <laughs> yeah. gotta do something. Gotta start now. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, but as it turns out, sorry to but, but no, as it turns out, we are ready, right? Like there, it, mm -hmm. a lot of these ideas, like when we talk about the phrase "why not me," we we you know, we do say like sometimes there are very good reasons why not you, right? You have to be honest, and, yeah. and part of that is like, you know, there are times when you're not. A member of a community in such a way that you should be the person proposing solutions for that community at least not until you develop more relationships and trust and understanding and context right um but acknowledging that there are many other cases where the reasons why we tell ourselves why not us are just purely bullshit <laughs> it's like no right. you totally could you're a member of this community like you understand the problems well enough just because you don't have the sort of like formal status quo credibility of like wealth and power that tends to run things now like you actually might know better than the people who have more power and so let's like try to do these things together so yeah, yeah. i i would like to add to that too that um this this kind of like why not me and also sometimes there are good reasons why not you um that something that i thought of last year when i was going through the challenge was that there really wasn't much for me to lose um, in the in making the the project, the mental block films that we were working on and are still working on now. You know, we we wanted to make this project happen, and you know, we thought again and again, what if we don't get funded? What if we, it doesn't happen? What if whatever? And yeah, just this thought of like, there's really nothing to lose here. Um, mm -hmm either we do get to move forward with it and that would be wonderful or we don't and we still got the mentorship we still got to go through the entire process of making something for ourselves that we don't have the opportunity to do in classes a lot of the time and in a way that gives us experience and so if at the end of the day your project doesn't get funded you still end up gaining so many good experiences, good connections. You can still come and, you know, potentially work for Optimize in a variety of ways. There's no like, oh, you didn't get funded goodbye forever. Like Optimize doesn't do that, right? right. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this this thought of like, well, what if it doesn't work out? What if I'm not qualified? What if I'm whatever, you know, just kind of like tucking that away and just being like, you're not gonna, it's gonna be really hard to figure that out if you don't at least 
challenge yourself to figure out the answer to that question. Um, and yeah, so to, to any of our listeners, if you're going through the challenge right now and you're having these doubts, just keep going. And, you know, if, if it doesn't work, work out, quote unquote, work out, <laughs> that's okay. Um, you know, you gave it a shot and maybe there are people who are going to carry on something like what you're doing or maybe, maybe not, but it's okay to try to ask yourself those questions and put in the effort to make it work. So right, like, are you ever going to like, are you going to look back and be like, oh, wow, I, I really wish I hadn't spent all that time trying to <laughs> figure out how to make an impact on the things I care most about. Like, you know, right. It's, it's, it's always a generative experience, no matter whether your project like becomes sort of a, you know, success in sort of like traditional terms or whether it doesn't work out, but you gain so much experience in trying to figure out how to approach something that's a very probably a very complex and challenging thing right so and to do it around people that will love and care and support you that you'll carry those relationships forward you know far past the program too it's like there's no downside here and also what's the yeah. alternative like apathy and despair like right <laughs> yeah exactly like come on yeah. um so so actually going into my next point um optimize offers a lot of opportunities for for students while we of course put on our famous social innovation challenge that gives students the chance to work on social impact projects and a chance to develop those ideas and pitch for funding, we encourage our listeners to think about what the behind the scenes of Optimize looks like too. We have student-led marketing and design teams, teams that work on org culture and storytelling and an entire branch called Community Partnerships that works with the transfer community and other co colleges in Michigan Elias and I are actually part of the community partnerships and within Optimize, that's actually how we were able to create this podcast. And these are paid positions and fellowships. So, you know, you also don't have to sit and think, oh, well, I have to have a project and I have to uh, get funded in order to be a part of Optimize. There's a lot of different ways you can be involved and gain really good experiences. And so, Jeff, what else do you think you could add about what Optimize has to offer as a student-led organization? Or if you have another point you want to bring up too, you're welcome to. Yeah, yeah. That. I mean, I think what you just said is like a great, you know, summary of that is that, you know, we've got a paid team of student leaders that, you know, this organization has like 35 paid staff and only four of them are non-students. So it's like, it's, this is a student led, but university supported initiative in a way that I, I'm not really aware of anything else that is doing things quite the way that we are. And this whole team is here, you know, partly to run the programs that already exist that we know how to run, like the Social Innovation Challenge, um, but partly just to be an open door for any student who's trying to figure out how to make the most of their education and their, their life, right? <laughs> Um, and, and anyone who just wants to talk about anything that they care about and thinking, how could I possibly start to take, you know, my next steps in approaching this. And so we have like, I don't know how many hours of office hours every week, but it's like all day, every day, basically, you can meet someone from Optimize and just come in and say, here's who I am. I just, I'm curious about this. And, and there's a good chance that you'll meet somebody who really listens to you. I think that's one of the biggest things Optimize has to offer is that we're a bunch of people who truly care about 
other students and, and anyone who wants to try to use their life to make the world more just and more sustainable. Like, like you said, this is not like a competition that like you have to like, you know, get some outcome out of. It's like, no, this is a, a way of living that we're hoping more people can do. And we want to all do that together. So whatever that looks like for you, I think Optimize like really truly listens to you and tries to help you figure out what's in your heart and what you can do to, you know, manifest that in a way that's, that's effective. Um, and uh, I don't know, I think a lot of education is just very rigid of like, hi student, we have our way. So if you can figure out how to fit yourself in this box, maybe we'll give you a, you know, some sort of like certificate showing that you've succeeded. Whereas Optimize is more just like, who are you? How can we help you, you know, reprogram the ways that you've been thinking and think more about how to do the things that you care about that you believe are important and can, you know, you can you help some other people do that too? Because that's sort of the nature of all this is we're all trying to help each other through that process. So I don't know, there's a lot, but that's just kind of what came to mind. Yeah, actually, I, I something I appreciate about Optimize too is that pretty we're all from these different majors, different schools from the college. Um, I mean, I know most of, a lot of us are from LSA, which is the biggest college at UMich anyway, but um, you know, a lot of us are all from different majors. You know, I'm a psychology major and but we have you know engineers we have design students we have um students who maybe who maybe are doing work for optimize that doesn't really have anything to do with their major they just are doing it for the experience and having fun with it you know it's i i like how you put that in the school setting in the class setting often things are so rigid but it's really not like that at optimize and to go back to elias's point about reprogramming actually that was something that when I went through the program, I had to work through too and heard from a lot of my peers who were in the challenge as well. It's like, what are we, what are we supposed to do with this project? Like, what is, what is the next step? And Optimus yeah. would just be there like, what do you want the next step to be? And we'd be like, well, yeah. uh, you know, and there's that part of you that's like, just tell me what to do yeah. because that's what we're so used to. And, and actually turning that power in on ourselves and, and that control and saying, oh, I actually do have control over this. This is my project. Um, and Optimize is here to support me, but not here to tell me, you know, what my next steps have to be or, you know, what the future of this project has to look like. And that flexibility is something that we just don't get very often. So, yeah, I really appreciate that about having so many different peers in Optimize that are from so many different areas. And, and often you just end up being kind of stuck in your own department at school, right? So like a lot of my classes, all my classmates are also psychology students, which is great. But being able to meet so many different students from different areas of the college, I felt has been really important to me. Well, there's something, you know, around that idea of like, just tell me what to do. It's, it's like so much of education is based on the idea that the teachers know the answers. Um, and it's like, in some cases, that's true, right? Like, it's like, how do you build a bridge that doesn't break? You know, it's like, yeah. well, people know how to do that. And you should really listen to them. If <laughs> like, if you want to learn how to right. do it. No um, disrespect to experts out there, but. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, totally. And there are some things where it's like, you really do want to learn a sort of a proven method, right? Like, how do you do open heart surgery? You should probably talk <laughs> yeah. to people who know how to do it, right? Um, but. I think that, you know, it, in order to be honest, 
and and humble as educators um, and as a community of a society that values education in a more broad way, not just in, in schools. We need to recognize like there are differences between things that we know how to do and just need to train people how to do safely. There are those things and that's important and you don't want to lose you know, <laughs> capacity from generation to generation, which sometimes happens in societies and is a real tragedy. But there's a very big difference between those things and problems that we truly don't know how best to tackle, but are very important. So like, are we as educators supposed to claim that like we have the simple steps to solve like the mental health crisis in this country and on college campuses, which is part of what you are working on, June. It's like, if there was a simple answer to that, like, shouldn't we have just done it? <laughs> like, but, right. we, yeah. but we haven't because there's yeah. not. And so you need to actually just create space for students to help lead toward potentially better ways of doing things, acknowledging that I don't have answers and you probably will find answers that I wouldn't have thought of. So let's create these supportive places for students to help lead toward that future. Um, but, and like, same with like the, you know, the climate crisis. It's like, if we had very simple ways to solve this, we would, because it is literally threatening our entire species. Yeah. But clearly we don't have those answers. And so you need to create places for more people to try. Um, and education should be doing that. It shouldn't just be the delivery of, knowledge we already know. And I think most people who really think about it at universities would say, yeah, we agree, right? Like, I think even in the mission of the University of Michigan, um, there's stuff around like knowledge creation, not just like knowledge delivery, right? Right. Um, and so, and that's why Michigan's been so supportive of Optimize and we're, we're super grateful for that. Right. Yeah. So moving on, um, I have a friend, uh, one of my only friends that I made in Ann Arbor uh, last year. And he, he actually told me that he had joined way too many student orgs in his first year at UMich, um, you know, because he wanted to make friends, he wanted to be involved. And that being a part of too many student orgs kind of burnt him out. And then also uh, it became just this really arduous process of constantly having to plan events for these different orgs and also advertise for them. You know, I remember on campus last year when, you know, pre-pandemic, you know, when we were all like actually on campus, um, there would be people outside, you know, like giving away brownies so that they could tell you about an event they were having for their org or, you know, all the people having- I hardly like, imagine that at this point. So, yeah, <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Homemade brownies. I was like, oh, what even is in this? And I just ate it anyway, but, you know, would never <laughs> do that now. <laughs> but, you know, he was just saying that it was really hard for him because he wanted to be involved but you know it, it became like okay kind of almost a job or like an extra chore to be a part of all of these orgs um so jeff in your experience is there anything you would say you should avoid when you're looking at student orgs to join or anything that are good signs of a of a good student org um acknowledging my own limited experience in this realm because i wasn't part of any student orgs until we started one <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know I've now been around the university for a decade and I've seen a lot of student orgs and how students have, you know, interacted with them. And for sure. um, I think that one of the first things that comes to mind is, you know, is this a place that is inclusive and open or is this a place that is sort of 
the value that the way it thinks of itself is like our value comes from our exclusivity. Like if your first experience with a student org is like you sitting in a chair with like 12 people raised above you and they're like interviewing you, like, I mean, you know what, it's all personal. Like, but for me, I'm kind of like, I'm going to skip that. Cause yeah. I think that's, <laughs> I like you know for me. Yeah, you there's already enough of that in life of being judged for like you know total arbitrary reasons like what are these 12 like the arbiters of how valuable you are as a person? Like come right. on. Come on. So um you know, I would definitely in my opinion you'll you'll have a better experience in very inclusive places because then it's really about building community. It's not about maintaining sort of status quo exclusive value, right? Like the value of those things is like, we are so exclusive and we have access to an exclusive alumni network and you can get funding. You know, it's like, it's like this very like, join the elite kind of idea. Right. And personally, just, I don't think that's the way to go. And I think it kind of sucks. Um, and being in places that are like, very judgy and exclusive. Um, and then another is like, is this a, a place that cares more about sort of like the resume reputational value of the experience? Um, or is this a place that, you know, is more about the real work? Like, does it feel like a very serious place? Because I think, you know, I think that it will always be more fulfilling to be in a place where you think th these are serious people, right? Like these are the kind of people who are, making me a better person that's how i feel at optimize is like everyone here is a, you're like it's not like we're serious in like a way of like never having fun because obviously like that those you can have a ton of fun and still do really great work and i think right. that's what we try to do but i feel like everyone at optimize are like really serious about trying to do what what we're trying to do as effectively as possible whatever that looks like for each individual depending on what they care about and they're really serious about trying to cultivate community and trying to be supportive and when problems arise like taking those seriously right and, and not sort of like just treating it as like a well it's just on my resume so that's all about right like right so i think that's another thing is like are the people really serious about the work does it feel like the things you're doing are actually working to be impactful and not just sort of like fluffing fluffy um, <laughs> which a lot of student orgs i think unfortunately are you know are not as committed to that or just don't have the infrastructure to do that very well. Um, and then I think another one is just, you know, does it feel like a very relationship-based place? You know, is it a place where you can, you know, get to know people and it feels like they really care about you um, and, and you care about them? And uh, it's not like a sort of like gossipy, like clicky, you know, right. like this is college, right. okay, not high school. Exactly. Right. Yeah. If if people here's a like a I guess a quicker red flag is like if you get there and like pretty quickly you discover that like some members of the organization are talking behind people's backs about other members of the organization and you're sort of like in this, it's like you don't want to be there. That's not gonna be the kind of community you want to be a part of. So yeah, I you know, I think it's all personal, obviously, and maybe you want to be part of a student org that just sort of like <laughs> hangs out and you know 
I, I, don't, I don't really know. I don't understand Greek life very well, the motivations there, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was like, is he gonna explicitly say that he doesn't <laughs> like sororities and fraternities or is he just go, cause, well, cause that's kind of how I feel too. It's like, I just don't get it. Yeah. Like what, the, what the huge draw is of that, but some people love it, so I don't know. And some of, honestly, some of the greatest leaders in the optimized community and historically have been in Greek life as well. And so I am not at all on the sort of like hating on Greek life train. Right. Um, but for me, like, if you want to do that, do that. But I think like for student organizations, like my preference is, is obvious. That's why I'm part of Optimize. Right. Yeah, definitely. So Jeff, I wanted to pick your brain on something that we we're kind of talking about earlier about, um, again, like this idea of like, it's never too soon to jump on and like start working on something that you're really passionate about. One of the things that I've noticed, especially from like a lot of transfer students that come to like U of M or like other big universities is at their transfer institution, there's a lot of focus on trying to like get out so like and go to some other like big four-year university. So a lot right. of students like take a bunch of stuff under their uh, like under, under them and like work on like a bunch of things that they're really interested in and, and often like will ride that out to the university that they get to. And when they get to the university, they just burn out. Um, and I'm reminded of the Billy Joel song, Vienna, where he talks about Vienna will wait for you. And like this idea that you're, you're still young, you still got time to kind of um, pursue what you want to pursue. So I'm just curious, like um, for you personally, and then both like also what you've seen from other people coming into Optimize, how have you found, um, is kind of the way to balance like all that passion and that that drive for all the things you want to do, but also giving yourself the time to like um, pursue them at like a reasonable pace, you know? Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a, a really good question that I'm guessing resonates with most listeners. Definitely <laughs> resonates with me, and I don't know that there's a generalized answer. You know, I I, I think. I, I will say like, to the extent that you're taking on a lot because you think it will look good to some external validator, like I respect the fact that that is a like a pragmatic decision that many people make, especially people who have not had everything handed to them, right? It's right. like, you know, if this is how the system works, I'm going to play that game, right? Because it's, it is important to me to get to this place and, and get into the university and the university, I think admissions process does sometimes overvalue people who have done a wide number of things over people who might've gone deep on something, you know? Yeah. Um, and so like, I'm not here to shame anyone who makes a pragmatic choice to say, I'm going to play that game right? Because it's important to succeed in that. Um, but I do think at a certain point, like, I, I, my experience has been that I'm the happiest and most effective when I'm doing things as much as possible for internal validation, or sort of community validation, rather than sort of like external judging validation. And so to the extent that you're doing a lot because you truly care so much about it and you're still exploring, you know, what the right things are, you know, 
maybe that's fine. And I think also giving it like one, one thing is like giving yourself the grace to, to understand that like you can't predict what the best approach in life is. And no matter how many self-help books you read, you're not going to find it, right? Like you, I mean, you can find some maybe interesting tips, but you just have to try things. And for some people that might mean like you burn out, it's like, well, don't like beat yourself up for that. And don't like convince yourself that you're a failure and carry shame for that. Just it, pay attention to it. Right. So like if, mm-hmm. if you're burning out or if you're having, you know, things are going off the rails, it's just like, first of all, expect that. Like that just happens in life. Yeah. And, <laughs> and second of all, like try to learn from that and figure out, okay, well, what is my course moving forward? You know, um, that's just a lifelong thing. I'm, I'm in the middle of a little bit of that sort of like the deep self-reflection myself right now. Right. Um, and, uh, but I understand how like, there is the feeling that like you're, you have limited time at the university. So you got to like do a lot. So I, you know, I think as much as possible finding places that make you feel really valued and that you can go deep on some stuff is, is useful, but I don't know. I, I, I see the, the need to experiment too, because you don't necessarily want to just do one thing. So I think the biggest thing is probably just be kind to yourself and allow yourself to drop things in the time that's right if it's not the right thing, you know. And and that's another thing that we try to do with Optimize is let people know that if you need, if you want to drop and go do other things like that is there's no shame in that. Um, unfortunately, not all orgs are that way, but um, you know, I think I think trying. We're going to need to edit this part because I'm just sort of like all over the place. <laughs> no, I think you're doing great. You're fine, you're I think you're doing great. But I guess like to try to summarize in a, a little bit more concise way, like if you've been playing that game of trying to do as many things as possible for external validation and it got you to the university, like maybe just like taking a step back and sort of reassessing like how do I want to approach my time at the university? Do I want to do that same thing? Or do I want to sort of like do that for a semester and then sort of like have like an intentional moment after the first semester when I say, okay, of all these things that I've tried, rather than trying to sustain them forever, maybe I wanna like really focus in on some of the ones that have really felt meaningful to me. And maybe along that way in that semester, like if there's a point when you realize something is not, you know, something is not something that you really want to have be your focus or it's taking away from something else that you really would like to be your focus. Like, obviously you don't want to like burn bridges, but allow yourself to step away from the things that aren't sort of serving the direction you want to go. Um, even if it's on a timeline that you might feel like, Oh, am I quitting too soon? It's like, no, you, you're prioritizing what matters to you. Um, right. So I guess maybe that's like my, quote unquote advice though again <laughs> with like I a lot of grains of salt recognizing that everyone's life is different it's just like do it for a while you know try things but allow yourself to focus at whatever moment you want as long as you're not like disrespecting somebody by stepping away like right before a big event or something <laughs> but, yeah right yeah. right where you go on um, stage sorry I need to I need to take a second <laughs> actually, <laughs> yeah. I'm quitting the org <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to tell you like this. You just speak it right into the microphone. <laughs> I quit. 
You're like, All I'm right, supposed bye. to do the introduction, but this moment doesn't feel right. I'm out. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Uh, find another maybe, MC. Maybe be respectful about it, but um, but <laughs> finding yeah. a graceful no. way to exit is usually yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and actually, I appreciate that advice, Jeff, because as somebody who has historically in my adult life always been juggling too many things. Um, and and the thing is, I'm I'm a good juggler, right? Like I'm I'm a really good juggler, but <laughs> occasionally I will feel like maybe I should let one of these balls fall, you know. But yeah. then I'll beat myself up and I'll be like, no, I just gotta keep pushing so I don't. And the reality is that it's okay that sometimes things are gonna fall through the cracks. It's gonna be okay if you know you you missed something or messed something up or have to step away from something because you're like, you know what, I just can't keep stretching myself this thin. Um, and I've been trying to learn that my entire adult life. And the, it's funny because you can know that and actually practicing that um, are two two very different things. So anyway, think, going in, oh, go ahead. So just really quickly on that. I think, you know, it's important to have the vocabulary for things, right? Um, because a lot of ways in which things go wrong are communication with ourselves and others. And it oftentimes is not, out of bad intent, but just lack of skill or lack of vocabulary. And even like, I didn't have the vocabulary to talk about like capacity, like personal capacity until recently. And it's helpful just to be able to talk to people and say, hey, I'm kind of like nearing the max capacity or I've over, like I am beyond my capacity right now. So I need to, you know, get back within it. And that means stepping away here, but it's, it, it, that language even, I didn't understand that, but when you frame it more that way, it's like, yeah, of course, nobody has limitless capacity, right? right? So you just, it's helpful to have the words for it, I think. Yeah, right. I appreciate that. Um, so I know for me personally, Optimize has become my community here at UMish. Um, I really didn't have a community prior to Optimize and that made school just feel like work, and it made it really hard to stay motivated and enjoy my college experience. It just kind of felt, um, you know, oh, I just got to get through this week. I just got to get through this day. Um, and it wasn't a lot of fun. <laughs> I wasn't having a lot of fun doing that. Um, but being able to work alongside my peers with projects that inspire me and also being able to be creative in ways, you know, and how I want to serve my community has made being a UMish student worth it for me is being a part of Optimize. So I want to personally thank you for starting Optimize, Jeff, and the impact your work has had on so many students is exponential. And that, what I mean by exponential is that you've helped, you know, say me, but then I created a project that has helped others. And then other students who have their projects have helped others and so really i don't even think we could measure the amount of impact that you've had on the umish community jeff because it's you know it just builds and builds and builds and i i just want to personally thank you for that and yeah you're a hero within our community you're like <laughs> our our leader here at optimize um we really appreciate you and really you know thank you for sitting down with us today and and telling us how you feel about some of these topics well thank you for saying that i appreciate that I've had like a little headache and not feeling super great today. So that made me feel a lot better. That's good. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. So I think you're right that things should be fun, right? Like there's enough stress and despair in the world. Oh, yeah. The communities that we create, I, I think maybe a closing thought then if we're wrapping yeah, up yeah. is 
I've been thinking a lot about what has made Optimize so resilient through the COVID crisis. Um, I've just been honestly amazed at how this community has thrived during this time. Um, obviously, you know, thrived is a loaded word and we're very much in many ways in sort of survival mode. But <laughs> in a lot of ways, like people in this community are, I think, feeling more meaningfully fulfilled and engaged in the work that's being done here. And more people are doing more meaningful work like this podcast, you know, you're just like, let's do this because it's a challenging year. So we need to think about alternate ways to engage. And here we are like doing this super cool thing. Right. And that's happening across the organization in so many different ways. So I've been thinking like, what is it that, you know, I've heard so many stories of other organizations during this time and other parts of the university, just like sort of like, grinding to a halt and like really struggling, like not being able to deliver a positive experience. And then I come to optimize and it's like every optimized space I'm in is like actually going really well right now, <laughs> yeah. which is, is super weird because it's, it feels like it shouldn't be. And so I was thinking like, what has, you know, allowed optimize to do that through this crisis. And I think a big part of it is that this organization was built from the start on the belief that we are already living in crisis, that we were in the climate crisis and all of the things that are associated with <laughs> the Anthropocene, you know, like, yeah. and the mental health crisis and, 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 and so many, you know, crises that we believed we were already living in, um, that when a more acute crisis like COVID hit, it was sort of like our team got together and was like, so what do we do? And I think a lot of people were like, we have no idea. This is unprecedented. And Optimize was just like, we'd be us. We just do what we do because yeah. we've already been right. in such a way that we, we've believed that like, how do you be a crisis resilient organization? You have to be flexible and adaptable. You have to have a community that's very supportive and loving and caring. It's like, why do we talk so much about supportive community? It's because we're all here trying to work on really hard and depressing issues, right? Like, <laughs> like yeah. it sucks that we're living in the climate crisis. It, I really wish we weren't, but yeah. like, if we're gonna try to be taking action on all the different prongs of the major crises around us, like, we should have a place that feels really loving and fun and like, and and relationship based because those things are still beautiful in life. And I really think you have to be able to see the crisis with clear eyes and not pretend it's not there. But you also have to be able to see the love that exists because it's weird, but they can both exist, right? And and I think that that's so much of what this community is and why it's been able to become what it's become um, is because, you know, we recognized it and we're not, you know, I think no one can deny anymore that we're gonna be in crisis for a long time. And so oh, yeah. building the most loving, supportive, resilient communities as possible is seems like a good way forward and i'm really glad to be part of something like that with y'all yeah thank you thank, thank you, you so much um you know that's that's really all we have for today remember go to may's pages to check out the long list of orgs that could be right for you if you're listening on youtube a link to the student org page is in the description special thanks of course to jeff Sorensen, and as always thank you for listening the Amplify podcast is supported by Optimize, an organization here at U of M that empowers students to be creative in how we serve each other 
and our communities near and far. To learn more about Optimize programming, please visit OptimizeMI.org. If you have topics you would like to hear discussed, let us know at OptimizeMI at umich.edu. Thanks and be well.